and whenever you're ready. You are quieter. I am quieter. Mm-hmm. Hang on. Let me just do this then. That might be a good thing. A lot of people might think that is that is a good thing that I'm quieter. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. I think we can balance it by me being a little bit further back from the mic. Sorry, hang on. How about I just yeah. hold the microphone? How about that? Is that yeah, better? that can work. That, that can, can work. work. Okay, let's just let's just let's go with that. Pretend I'm a correspondent. <laughs> uh, like, yes. Like for it. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to go more Daniel Garvey. If you want to go for it, go for it. <laughs> I think I'd rather go Daniel Garvey than go for it. <laughs> I think we just oh. intro for this episode. Yeah, it wasn't a bad job, Gabby. Had was it? No. Well, as he since moved on, as yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not across. Well, I'm talking when he oh, was working for Fox oh, and oh, the Premier League, and he did a great. He job. went to the sidelines for all the grounds. He did a great job. Amazing, amazing yeah. gig. He did a great job. Really good job when he was in the UK and uh, back home. That, that's got to be up there with one of the best gigs you can get, surely. Oh, I don't know. I wouldn't mind being on um, Max Rushton's uh, file effects or, or uh, business card list or whatever he's got because Mark Pugach seems to get it. You know, you know all the plum uh, games. In Europe, and uh, stand covering the Champions League. Yeah, there's no shortage of good guests that Max has. No, he's, that's true. He's and his Rolodex, very entertaining. Yeah, and everyone who, um, I mean, it's a, it's similar guests to uh, what you hear on his Football Weekly show mm-hmm. and his talk sport shows, and he brings that over to stand. What we should do, Laz, is try and get it's Max been, on. <laughs> yes, we should get we should try and get Max on. What we should also do is uh, say hi to everybody. Yes, hi. Uh, <laughs> We uh, have already gone off down a rabbit hole. Didn't take us long. Uh, welcome back to another episode of The Back Peg. I blame you for that. Yeah, yeah, fair. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about correspondence and, and I said Daniel Garb and then, yeah, Max Russian, yeah, and so on, so on, so on. Yes, yes, that's true. That's true. I'm happy to take the blame and, sh- and shoulder the blame as well if necessary. <laughs> not a problem. I've been called worse things in my life, but uh, yes. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, everyone. Uh, been a big week in football. It has. It has. Where do good we week for your teams. Well, or one in particular. One in particular. Yeah, the other mm. one. Uh, it's not so good. Not so good, although they come, they've come back to winning ways in the latest round in La Liga. But uh, yes, Real Madrid got done and dusted very early on in the Madrid derby, unfortunately, last Sunday. But uh, it has been a great week for Newcastle United. I mean, does it get much better outside of... A final, like for this time of year, does it get much better? Oh, look, you know, the fact that they've had four clean sheets across um, the three competitions is really good, you know. So, you know, you can't ask for much more than that. Now, the shellacking they gave Sheffield United uh, was unexpected from my part. I thought, look, only because of the bounce, you know, of the backing up from the San Siro, right? I thought I knew Newcastle would win but I wasn't confident of a huge score being put on. But to have eight different goal scorers, and it could have it could have easily been more than double, you know, more than 10. Yeah. It could have easily been more than 10. I mean, we've never seen 10 in the Premier League. No, that's right. We've seen nine a, a few times now, but, um, but never 10. Yeah. It could have been, but uh, there's an important piece of context I think we should uh, uh, let the listeners know that's uh, from Saturday night on British Football Watch. Yes. Uh, you were saying that uh, you would have been happy with Newcastle yeah. taking a point. Yeah. Oh, look, just only because, like I said, I, I wasn't nervous. I was very apprehensive about it because of also Sheffield United's performance against Spurs the week before. Right. I mean, they were there for the tagging. 
against Spurs. They were, but they were plucky, and you know it took the it took injury time, you know, for Spurs to come back in to that game, and they were successful. And look, had that been a Spurs side from previous three seasons, chances are Sheffield United would have gotten away with a win. But um, which we can touch on later with regard to Spurs. However, with regards to Newcastle United, like I said, my apprehension was, one, Sheffield United's performance against Spurs, purely result-driven. Their performance wasn't that great, but they were in the fight and they were in the lead for you know a considerable amount of time. Well, 97 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, um, yeah, and just the fact of the goal-scoring form wasn't apparent against in the victory against Brentford and the um, and the performance against Milan because Milan had dominated the Champions League game. The only encouraging factor was <clears throat> the clean sheet. So, but the performance against uh, Sheffield United is as if it just blew out the cobwebs. And yeah, very much know, so. And, and, and it was fantastic. And then to back that up with a largely changed side this morning to knock out Manchester City from the Carabao Cup. Is even better, and to be fair, Manchester City made a lot, a hell of a lot of changes as well, right? But nevertheless, to um, to knock them out of that competition is, you know, and give Manchester City their first competitive loss all season is uh, fantastic. Yeah, absolutely, and a completely rotated back four to keep a clean sheet is fantastic. And I mean, it's never easy to beat Man City, and yes, it was a rotated team, but some of the players in there are still very much players that you'd expect to see in a full-strength team, the likes of Alvarez and Grealish. Mm. It's not, by any means, a, a kid side that City stuffed up. So it, no. it's a great win for Newcastle. Yeah, And it does book a back-peg derby in the next round. Yes, it does. It which does, is always welcome. Crystal Palace threw that one away. Yeah, I mean... Against Manchester United, to be fair. United were much improved. Yes, but Palace didn't take this thing seriously either, I don't think. No. I mean, I think that's fair to a say. lot of the clubs don't. And I think that's the nature of this competition for many clubs, that it is a place to play the, the backups, the mm. test squad. Correct. To which give is, some minutes out, yeah. which is pretty disrespectful, really. Well, I can say that's what Newcastle United did. Yeah. <laughs> that's what Newcastle United did. You know, um, if you have a look at the, you know, LaSalle's dumb it, um, you know, uh, so you go through the side and you go, well, you know, it's it was a weak inside, but the fact that you know they held their own for forty five minutes and then dominated the second half, um, you know, holds Newcastle in good stead. On to Burnley and then Champions League. Burnley at home. Only another win. Burnley at home. Burnley are rubbish. Burnley are rubbish. Yeah, I expected more from them. Yeah, same. Coming into the season, they'll turn a corner, Nathan. But. Let's just wait and see what happens. I they haven't yes. got a goal scorer. No, I, I know Lyon Foster serving a ban at the moment, mm. but mm. this team demolished the championship last season yep. Yep. in the same way that Fulham did the season before. Correct. So the natural connection would be everyone's expecting Burnley, including myself, expecting Burnley to do same. similar to what Fulham did last season. Same. But, I mean, they play neat football. They pass it around nicely, yep. sure. But final third, they've got nothing. And yep. they're missing a couple of players at the moment, injuries and suspensions, but... Mm. Really, they need to fix up quick smart and they play Luton next midweek, I think it is. Yeah, that's right. If they don't win that game, then really they're looking towards the trap door, if not yeah. already. Yeah, no, that's true. Look, I hope they lose right up at St. James on the weekend, but um, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's they're gonna have to turn the seat, the corner um after the Newcastle game, I think. <laughs> 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 I mean, they can do it on the weekend, sure. But I'll tell you what, I was very, as much as disappointed as I was 
against, uh, you know, with the Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid derby. Full credit to Atletico Madrid. They were on the front foot from the get-go. Maratza scoring two goals, right? Griezmann scoring the other. And um, Atletico could be causing, you know, a three-horse race in Spain, I think, based on this, uh, on, on the way that they're playing. And Simeone could be, you know, uh, Simeone could have uh, got the uh, right number out of this side again. He's been at Atletico yeah. for so long. and you know He has, he and, has. And all, all credit to him. Yeah, I mean, you might not like his style of football, but you can't deny the results and what he's able to get out of his team. It's absolutely fantastic. And I know they like to portray themselves as the plucky underdog in Madrid. <laughs> Don't they what? And, <laughs> <laughs> and look, they've still got fantastic players, but even still, their squad is not on the same level as Real Madrid's. No, it's not. But it isn't a bad squad either. No, and when they play, and when they play that kind of football, Nathan, look out. Yeah, and I'm going to ask you: Is Jude Bellingham papering over some cracks? Because in many of the games this season, I don't think Real have looked particularly good. Real are beatable, right? But they're Real. (laughs) That's really what it comes down to. Real are beatable, but they're Real. Um, Having said that, Barcelona are beatable too, but they're Barcelona. Did you see what happened on the weekend? I missed this. So Celta Vigo are two nil in front. 85th minute. Between the 85th minute and injury time, Barcelona scored three goals at home. Unbelievable. I was sitting there watching thinking, okay, good. Okay. Real drop points. Barcelona got to drop points, but um wasn't to be. But this morning, though, Barcelona did drop points and Real did win. So it's making it a very interesting season in Spain, especially with the way Atletico are coming. So... Watch this space. It's still early days in Spain, but geez, I tell you what, the quality of football in Spain, the, the league has been great. Yeah, very much so. But uh, you say Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid, none of them are top of the league, Les. No, go on. Tell me. Little Girona. Girona. Undefeated. Six wins and one draw from seven aren't games. They, aren't they a story? Aren't they a story? And who are I'll they tell you what. Man, <laughs> I mean, you've taken the joke from under me there, but... Uh... <laughs> That's a real uh, rakes of riches story. The uh, the plucky underdogs of CFG, mm-hmm. mm. <laughs> <laughs> defying all odds to be top of the league, mm. dominating both England and Spain, yes. City Football Group, and Australia, and Australia. Well, I don't know about Australia this season. I mean, how many Premier plates in a row are they yeah, on? Yeah, sure, out of the Australia Cup. Mm. Though. Yeah, I mean, Sydney, uh, the Australia Cup is Sydney one FC. step away from a preseason tournament. Sydney. Yeah, I know, but Sydney FC did put them to the sword. They did, they did, they did. Mm. But, but Gir- yes, Girona. In its mm. own football. Yeah, enjoying it. Mm. Little shake up in the Liga. Can they sustain it, do you think? I doubt it. I doubt it. But now yeah, you never know. I mean, anything could happen. I yeah, mean, they play Real this weekend. That's true. And that'll be a good game, actually. I think that'll be a really good game given the, um, the form that both sides are in. And it's so a 3.30 kickoff, I see. Definitely one to watch. Affected and, uh, by uh, the change of the time zone? Yes, I think that's my highlight of the weekend, actually, coming up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. I've got something similar, actually. Have you? Mm. But, Tell uh, me. Are you going to wait? Well, it's a Bass Derby this weekend. Oh, it is too, yes. That's, mm. a, that's a big game. It is. And both teams are flying hard, too. Mm. Both fourth and fifth. Mm. And big game. Athletic were uh, held this morning. Did you see the red card for uh, Sunset? No, I haven't seen that. I was like a, a kung fu kick. Uh, well, <laughs> he was he was going up. for a high, yeah. <laughs> he was going for a high ball and tried to control it, but uh, problem was there was a player's head in the way. Yeah, well, that's always problematic, mm. isn't it? Yes, and uh, very much a red card. No complaints, but uh, they did take the lead twice. Even after going down to ten men, they did take the lead, but couldn't hold out for the three points. 
Uh, but yes, still just the one defeat for them this season. So looking good and a great goal from Minyaki. I'll tell you who um, I like the look of so far this season in Spain. Sociedad. Been solid. Mm. Very solid. Very solid. The good thing about La Liga, it's, yes, it's a bit like some of the other leagues where, yes, you've got a, a clear top one or two, maybe three, mm. two or three. But the chasing pack behind them are relatively close and very competitive. Mm. It's not, say, some of the other competitions where you've got one or two at the top and then there's a bit of a gulf. There's a lot of competition in La Liga, particularly in the top half. Maybe bottom half it tails off yeah. too much. Mm. Yeah, But maybe. when the top six or seven teams play each other, it's, it's good. really good, really good yeah. games. No, I agree. I agree. Similar in Italy, though, too. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah Lecce is a bit of a surprise packet this so far this season. But, um, yeah, it's Inter and uh, AC Milan and Juventus and Atalanta and Napoli as you were. Beautiful. And we're a Roma in all this. I think they're actually, let me just quickly check. I think they're 13th. So, yeah, Lazio 11th, Roma 14th. Well, it's Jose's third and, season, isn't it? And Berlusconi's Monza just behind. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is Jose's third season. Tell you what, um, but speaking of Roma, they've dropped some, a nice third kid as well. Have they? I haven't seen. They do have some good kids here and there, Roma. Absolutely, they do. It's a black. It's a black Adidas number, really good. I mean, Adidas killing it this season. Yeah. Um, and I've seen that Arsenal have actually dropped their first club to actually drop a women's only team away jersey. Oh, nice. It's just dropped earlier today. I think I saw and this, it looks actually. really, really mint. Mm. Really mint. Yeah, so, fantastic. I think this is going to be a habit that all clubs get into now that they'll uh, do a, a women's um, away kit and men's away kit separately. Yeah, because I can't really deviate on the home kids. Correct. But as with everything, the away kids and the third kids is where they can experiment. Yep. And it's look. all about the revenue. It is. It is. But I like an experimental kit here and there. Who doesn't? Go for a bit of a, a funky design out there. Who doesn't? And uh, mm, when they get it right, it's fantastic. And Adidas get more right than they don't, I think. Yep. We might have to do a um, <clears throat> top 10 or 15 kits, I think. For this season, that oh, yeah. so far, we'll see if we can yeah. do that in coming weeks. Maybe we can do that on the socials where we can uh, put some yeah, pictures up. That's mm. what we might do. Yeah, so because there's a couple of eclectic ones like Venice and yes, Venezia and Calithea Athens, which are you know really, really uh eclectic. But yes, there you go. And I really do like Port Vale's home kit this season. If you've seen it, yes, yes, dark red and gold, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Mm. but um, what else caught your eye this week, Lars? Oh, geez. Mate, where do you start? Where do you start? It's been a <laughs> There's huge... There's plenty. There's plenty. Can you explain handball to me? No, I've given up. I used okay. to have a decent understanding of the rule, even yeah. after they changed it the first time. I think I used to have a decent understanding with the arms by the side and the deflections and the player sliding in, arm between the body and the turf, then it doesn't count because it's supporting. But I, I, I had that down pat, right? And they've changed it slightly again and again and again, and there's no consistency across the board. I've completely lost track of it. And to be honest... When a ball hits a hand, if it's in the box, you might as well roll some dice because you never know what you're going to get now. Okay. Is there a different, what's the word I'm looking for? Is there a different comprehension of the rule being applied in Europe versus England versus Spain versus Italy? So when I say Europe, I'm talking about UEFA Champions League and Europa League and all that. I mean, I think there two, would be. Two points, like two points. Because you've got different applications of yeah. the handball rule and different applications of VAR as well. So... Um, Ericsson and the handball that he suffered in the Champions League game that was given against him mm. for Manchester United and then Tottenham Hotspur Romero 
Now, do you have a problem with both of those given this handball? I don't. Fundamentally, I don't. Yep. Okay. If we're talking about, because there's two aspects of the handball rule that I, I always talk about and I always bring it up as whether you think something should be a handball yeah. in your philosophy of the game sure. or whether or not something should be a handball according to the, the laws of the game, the rule book, what actually okay. says in there. Yep. There's two different perspectives. And I think both of those are handballs mm-hmm. according to the rule book. Correct. Is the rule wrong? I think the Romero one has to be a penalty because the ball's going in the back of the net if his arm's not there. Okay. And this is where the issue that I have, because before there used to be a deliberate handball as well. That was not a deliberate handball. No, no. Right. So. And I think the difference with that is if the rev- the officials deemed it to be a deliberate handball, he would have been sent off. Correct. Well, yes. Yeah. So, but it shouldn't be, it shouldn't a handball be, if it's a deliberate handball, then, then that's when it should be blown. Because, and the reason why I say that is, I think proximity wise is the issue. So if that shot was taken a meter back and the hand is there, deliberate handball, no doubt. Mm. Right? It depends on what Romero's doing. Like if he's holding his arm out, then sure. But But the shot is so close though, Nathan. Yeah. Like he hasn't got a chance to move his hand. I think it's a penalty. And it's he's not doing the arms by the side type thing. He's not trying to make himself smaller. and, And that's an issue, right? That's his arm is out and the ball's hit the hand. If the hand wasn't there, then it's going in. Yeah. As he's falling, though, I think. Yeah. As he's trying to slide, you know, to actually, you know, come down and, and defend. Um, I wouldn't have had a problem with it if it wasn't given because it wasn't deliberate. But, I don't think handballs have to be deliberate to be fouls. And that's what the issue is now. Yeah. There used to be. There used to be a deliberate handball and an accidental handball. Mm. Then the rule was changed. And then the, the rule's been changed again. And the rule's yeah. been changed again. And that's an issue. Yeah. And it's partly because. No one can keep up with the rules now, mm. and it's so complicated that like, and it, sh- and it shouldn't be complicated. Handball should not be complicated. Shouldn't it? I mean, there's so much grey area with handball. Okay, you, deliberate should be the first category. Yeah, no brainer. Yeah, like okay. have they swatted the ball or tried to pick it up? Yeah, correct. So if it's not deliberate, so if it is deliberate, foul, penalty straight away, no problem. And if it's going in, it's a red card. And if it's going in, it's a red card, hundred percent. Nobody's disputing that at all. Yeah. If it is an accidental handball, right, then let's look at the body position of the hand. If the hand is out to make the body large, no problem. If there's an attempt to actually try and get the hand back to your body, to your torso, so the defender is trying in the motion of trying to get their hand by their side, then that's accidental. And it's not a, they're not trying to make themselves large. No, you're right. And Um, I wouldn't say that should be a penalty. But Romero's not done that. Okay. If that's the one you're no, trying to... No, no, that's true. He mm. hasn't. No, he, he, he was he was, he was was trying to get down, but his hand happens to go... He's still out in front of him. It's yeah. not actually and he hasn't tried to, to retract it. Yeah. It, look, he's in the process of trying to bring it down, right? But it, it, because his hand... He hasn't stuck a hand out at it. It isn't a deliberate handball. No. So it would fall into the second category of accidental handball. But is, it, is the hand away from his body? Yes. Okay. Well, mm. then penalty. Penalty, maybe yellow card. Probably not. Yeah. Right. So then <clears throat> the only point of conjecture is how high up the arm do you go? Oh, yeah, I know. And this is another point of conjecture that exactly has changed because it used to be up to the shoulder. And that's what it Then it, it was needs. halfway up the bicep. And it just needs to be that. Yeah. Just go shoulder down. Yeah. I mean, and the problem it. is then you, you almost need to get the hotspot out from cricket. Well, to see where the ball's hit at times. Yeah, but just get the shoulder down. You know, I mean, it's the shoulder down. <laughs> so if, you know, because you address that criteria and you go, okay. Deliberate? No. Okay. Accidental? Yes. Is the hand extended from the body? Yes. Handball? Where did it hit him on the on the on the on the arm? Hit him from the shoulder down. 
penalty or foul. But then do you worry about proximity? I think proximity comes into the defender trying to def- like trying to making an attempt to prevent themselves from being large, if that makes sense. So a defender has their hands by their side. Doesn't matter about the proximity. If the hand is out, but he's making an attempt to actually try and bring the body, or she's making an attempt to bring the hand back to their torso, to their side, or you know what I mean, or cover, you know, go Mm. across their chest, right? Um, So you know, right hand going across the left shoulder because the hand is next, you know, is protecting the body. No problem. No problem. Yeah, and also, where do deflections come into it? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And this is why the handball rule is a mess, because you're never going to make it black and white. I think we've solved it, though. Have we, Bart? Primarily. Well, you don't agree with those three. I mean, I do, but the problem is when you take that into a real-life scenario, you get slight variations on everything. There might be a slight deflection. At what point does proximity matter if a shot's taken where they're basically holding hands? But if everyone has... count. But if everyone has the same understanding of what it is, because right now nobody has an understanding of what it is. You're right. So let's get an understanding of what it is first and then go from there. (laughs) Because they've tried to make it black and white in the sense that if you don't have your arms out, not a penalty and everything that goes with that. But the problem is football is full of nuance and the handball rule is full of nuance. Every Every rule is full of nuance. Yeah, with the exception of things like goal and technology. Correct. And that's why that's been a raging success and every other field of technology has its critics, and rightly so. Mm-hmm. Goal technology is the only definitive technology that works. Yep. And yeah, I used to say, therefore, it should be the only piece of technology we have. But I don't I mean, know. I, I don't know about that. I don't mind VAR when it's applied correctly. Yeah. And the problem the world, is, it never is. Well, no, the, no, I disagree with you there because the World Cups seem to get it right. You're right. Yeah. Fever does a good job. Okay. And you wait. And for I was over, right. I was selling it a bit short when I say that. But the point is, World Cups are two months out of a four-year cycle, and the Euros may be sure. The, the point is, week on week in the football, the, in club football, whether it be the Premier League, whether it be the A-League, it is filled with controversies. Uh, in particular in England. You don't get that many yeah. controversies in other parts of the world. There are some, but not as bad mm. as what it is in England. No, not to the same extent. No. So, you know. But, um, yes. So that was one of the things that, uh, that caught my eye. Yeah, and I also find it uh, funny that... Because Sky in the UK, they have oh. uh, a segment where they bring in uh, Dermot Gallagher, former referee, to uh-huh. come and explain some of the refereeing decisions in the week prior. Uh-huh. And they were talking about the Christian Romero handball uh-huh. that was given. Uh-huh. And someone in the studio, I forget who it was, they asked him, what's the difference between that handball that was given and the Christian Romero handball event that wasn't given against Manchester United? Which if you remember that. Yes, I do. Uh, basically... Didn't have an answer. Okay. <laughs> Which is everything we need to know. Correct. The answer is a pineapple. <laughs> yeah. And nothing wrong with pineapples, but yes. Or is it a coconut, Laz? Oh, who knows? Who knows? That's a segue. That's a segue to is my it? next topic. Okay, let's go for it. Pick the Aussie men at Napoli. Right. Have you seen this? Not about coconuts. Surely you've seen the story this week about uh, Napoli on TikTok and they've made a video that's kicked the hornet's nest. No, I haven't seen this. Wow. Okay. There we go. So uh, I'm a social me. I'm not a TikTok uh, kind of guy. I'm only an Instagram. No, kind of guy. I didn't. I didn't have you for that. But the, <laughs> this story has um, transcended TikTok. Mm-hmm. And off the back of it, Osman is uh, exploring his options and maybe suing the club. Ooh. Mm. That's not good. Okay, I can only now, imagine what what's been said. But go on. 
it's not any i mean it's easy to make a jump to something racist but it wasn't intended to something racist anything offensive anything like that it's a pure childish tiktok trend that for right. some reason is doing the rounds right as a thing that uh, everyone's participating in right. and there's been this recent trend in the last couple of years generally speaking about football club social admins doing more personal content be it on twitter mm-hmm. tiktok wherever else sure football clubs and brands as well mm-hmm. like we see the a-league admins so mm-hmm. the teams they have regular conversations all the time mm-hmm. and they back and forth they try to be more Great. personable yep and sure Same i way. don't mind it per se we get some good content out of it sure but uh yeah the napoli tiktok admin went uh, one step too far mm-hmm. and essentially big dawson has uh, taken exception to it and he's taken down all his napoli related posts on instagram mm-hmm. and he's uh he's not happy about it he's trying to gender remove obviously for january yes so, so what was done i think the tiktok's been deleted right what did it feature um, it i i mean i it's the most childish like three-year-old humor like i can't explain it because it's so stupid i have to find the video and send it to you. uh we'll do that in a moment okay if you but, really must <laughs> i mean i can't explain the video because it is that ridiculous okay i wouldn't know where to start um but i would imagine the uh, social media admin for napoli has either been fired or given a severe reprimand suspension or reprimand talking to sure mm-hmm. um and it seems to just be bubbling away now and okay. i think aussie men wanted out in the summer he did didn't happen yeah, and now he's trying to get out mm. Mm. fair yep. enough okay well the perils of social media Mm, yes, and yes. I think we might see some of the clubs wind back some of that personable content, or at least yeah, get so. someone else to check what you're putting out. <laughs> Wouldn't be a bad idea. Would mm. not be. Would not be a bad idea. But um, yes, there's oh, just Nathan. There's heaps. Absolutely heaps. Absolutely heaps. Did you hear that the that Football Australia had considered selling the brands of the Matildas and the Socceroos to a private equity firm? Yeah, I did say this. Crazy story. Not good. No. I mean, broad strokes, I appreciate that they're trying to explore potential revenue streams and not national no, not national team brands, but, I'm sorry. Not but not team. this. No. But not this. For what was it? ninety nine years mm-hmm. selling off the brand of the Socceroos and the Matildas. It is something that look, they shouldn't get credit for pulling out of the deal or reconsidering it, but I'm glad they didn't go through with this potential sale and okay. go on. I was going to say, flesh it out, flesh it out. There are some things that are, say, there are some things that are beyond business. All right. And we're saying this as, you know, given sports administration hats, right? To me, it's inconceivable to sell off the rights or effectively sell those brands. I, I hate to use that for the national teams, but that's what they are, right? Um, or those monikers or those team names to a private equity firm for a period of time, be it 10 years, be it 99 years. I think that's beyond the pale. My That's my gut instinct. However, if you're charged with that responsibility of being a steward for this for Football Australia, do you have to explore all those opportunities? Yeah. I mean, you don't need to sell off the brands and national teams. Of course you don't. And this is something that we're seeing across football and other sports a lot in recent years, that you're selling off the rights to something for X amount of time. Barcelona is the clear example of that, the amount of things they're selling off. And the point is that, yes, it looks like a nice lump sum of money now, 
But even if you take away the sporting, no, the non-sporting reasons, the merits of it, the ethics of it, for lack of a better word, it's not ethics, but uh, you know what I mean. The lump sum of money is great up front, but unless you're very, very strict and rigid and stringent on where you put the money, you're much better off just bringing in whatever revenue that brand or whatever it is you're selling off rakes in each year. You end up with, I would imagine, a larger pie of raw. And how's the saying go, Laz? Society grows when old people plant trees that they'll never sit in. And if you sell off the brands of the national teams for Australia for close to a century, that's the opposite of that. Mm. Well, you're not in control of the brand, are you? Or the no of the team name, and you know, effectively, it's in someone else's control. Sponsorship is a bit different to that, obviously, right? But you're selling the actual control of the asset for a period of time. Yeah, I just don't know if national teams should be operating in that realm. No, and you just have to think, say in 60 years' time, right, when there'd still be three decades, four decades left of the arrangement, would Australian football be in a better spot that they sold off the brands 60 years prior? No, of course not. Nobody can guarantee that. No. You would hope so, but nobody can guarantee that. And surely, since you can't guarantee it, you're better off just trying to maximise what you can do while still retaining the brands. I mean, yep. we're not going to flare up about this. It's a fairly straightforward thing to be talking about. Mm. and It's just an interesting concept, right, and one that's mm. probably not been considered before. But I think control of the national team branding is something that should not be up for grabs, I don't think, anyway. I think that's where you need to draw the line. Go and sell a sponsorship of it, no problem at all. And even still, I'm very much a fan of not having sponsors on National team shirts. Well, yeah, and that's, I think that should stay. I mean, it happens yeah. in other sports, but I think that, you know, I think, uh, you know, that's obviously a FIFA requirement and, you know, the game is globally is is too big for it to be held to the those kind of demands where sponsors want to have their names on the jerseys. I don't think that'll happen. I think it might one day. I don't think so. I don't want it to, but I think it might happen. No, I don't think so. No, I think the potential revenue that, like, for instance... Because the, f- the revenue won't go to FIFA. The revenue will go to the National Federation, right? No, it depends FIFA. how they work the, no, they work all... the regulation to, to make that a part of it. FIFA gets, I don't know, 20% of all front of shirt commercial deals. Well, well, yeah, okay, that's a game changer, but I don't know if that'll happen. Because then you, FIFA will have to vet who's actually sponsoring. Yeah, sure. Right, and I, I I don't think that FIFA if FIFA have got enough troubles in trying to run world football rather than <laughs> part of me vetting who's sponsoring. Just think how much money the England national team would be able to bring in. I don't know if they were sponsored by Greg's. <laughs> oh my lord! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a shop that is, pastry shop. Yes, <laughs> very popular in the northeast as well. Yes, yes. But um, have you heard of Ange Post the conflict? I have. I didn't know this was a condition, Nathan. <laughs> it's a real thing. I, it, it I think. Thing. Uh, I think I suffer from it myself. I'm conflicted just because it's Spurs, but not because you know I dislike Spurs. Right? It's just that no, no. But you know, <laughs> I think you, you know where I've stood on Spurs before. Yeah, I mean, my thoughts on Spurs generally are that they're harmless. They're Never going to cause too many problems, and we're going to now. They're they're the least dangerous out of the quote unquote big six. Seven. <laughs> it's not seven yet. Well then, oh okay. So Newcastle just replaced Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, okay. You can have that. Sure. There you go. We'll come on to them a bit later if we have to. Mm. If we have to. I mean, 
Well, I think between Chelsea and Manchester United, I think they're the two big stories with regards to club administration. Yeah, for the yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. my club are not the story this week, which is great. No, they're not a week, a week re- off, which is really weird, actually. <laughs> but, yeah, but Chelsea is the story this week, although they mm. did get a win earlier today. Anyway, yeah. we'll come on to that. Post the but, conflict. Post the conflict. I never thought I'd be. Uh, I'd, I'd say yes, I do suffer from that, but yeah, I do because <laughs> it's Spurs. <laughs> I saw someone say it during the week, and uh, it was pretty neat. I'll bring it up and see what your take of it, of it oh, is. But oh. um, yes, everyone here and everyone around the world who's uh, watching Ange and what he's doing at uh, Tottenham, mm-hmm. would you say that uh, we're practicing postecology? <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> or are we postecologists? Um, does that well? So I'm um, I a card member you know card carrying member of postecology am i <laughs> yes by that definition yep <laughs> right okay because you know i've probably been a postecologist for i don't even know how long if that's the or case. is it uh postecography no it would have to be postecology because mm. logi or logo is the word right so that would be more incline or in you know in line with the right uh phraseology if I can put it that way. Because mm. they're Greek words, aren't they? Correct. Mm. Correct. Yeah, Logos. Just happen to have an expert. In Greek. That's right. <laughs> whilst whilst postocography would be um, imagery. Oh, okay. I suppose you could apply both with so a different I, lens. Yeah. So iconography is to do with, you know, imaging and, you know, right? So postocography would have to do with the imagery of postocography and the, you know, imagery created. So maybe like uh, formation shapes and how the team's Possi- shaping yes. up on the field. Correct, correct. <laughs> that would be the right postocography. <laughs> but, yes, I mean, it's a real thing. Yeah, it is. Uh, Post the conflict. Yep, I absolutely. think there's plenty of Arsenal Australian supporters who are correct. <laughs> in that boat. <laughs> correct. They're very conflicted at the moment. Cracking game on the weekend, North London derby. I tell you what, that was the most enjoyable game of the season so far. Yeah. By far. Really enjoyed it. The the pace was just insane, right? And there was real ebbs and flows in it too. But the first what mm. 30, 35 minutes, it was all Arsenal. There could have been two, should maybe mm. three up. Mm. Uh your doggy was having a nightmare against Saka. Mm. Mm. But they grew into it and they came back and it was only up until James Madison went off mm. that they sort of just said, Okay, fine, we'll take the point. Yep, correct. And really, I mean it, it lived up to the billing. Oh, it was a great game. Absolutely and cracking game. I think the North London Derby is the game the Premier League has to offer that most often lives up to the billing. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, look, when it's always shaped as a massive game and you're, you're saying it that delivers a, more often than other matches. You're saying that as a dejected Manchester United supporter, right? Because the Liverpool, but, the, yeah. Liverpool have given you guys shellackings over the last few years. But even still, there have been so many nil nils between Liverpool and Manchester United. Yeah, they have been, yeah. In, in the last five to ten years. There's been plenty of yeah. them. I can't recall a score, a scoreless draw between Arsenal and Man U for a long time. Arsenal Tottenham. Oh, sorry, yes, Arsenal Tottenham. Yep. So. Mm. Yeah, they seem to, I mean, well, it's because Harry Kane was a guaranteed yeah, to score in every single one of them. penalty. <laughs> <laughs> like Messi at the World Cup. Oh, don't start that. All right, don't start that. Seriously. Although I saw uh, Harry Kane got a hat-trick on the weekend as well. Yeah. He's passed. He's settling right in. And uh, Didn't they win, what did they win, 7 right now? Yeah, I think it was seven. And Oktoberfest uh, festivities have started. Mm. And, uh, but, you know, Bayern Munich have been out and about with a Paul Anna. Mm-hmm. They can the get Steyers. the later hosen again. That's right. And the 
all the uh, bratwurst and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and the pretzels <laughs> and the lederhosen and all that kind of stuff. So there you go, the traditional Bavarian wear. Yep, makes me feel like going to the Lowenbrau at the rocks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not that they're a sponsor. <laughs> Not that they're a sponsor. <laughs> and we and we've got our weekly off the sport mention. Not that they're a sponsor. Yes, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Laz, mm. I want to talk about some uh, Aussies abroad and how well it's been the last two weeks. Goals yes. galore. Yes. And it's been fantastic. We didn't talk about it last week. Probably should have. Yes, we should The uh, pair of bangers from uh, Connor Metcalf and Grand Qual for Sampoli and uh, Volendam. Mm-hmm. Rockets. Well, Metcalf's was anyway. Yes. And Grang's was beautiful. Yes, it And was. again, it's a weekend filled with Aussies getting on the score sheet. But I'm going to talk about one particular Aussie who has probably been forgotten since 2015, 2016, to be fair. That's mm-hmm. longer. Yeah. At the Tractor Boys. Yep. Scoring the winner for Ipswich Town. And they and are flying high themselves. Cracking Ipswich. Off. And cracking He off. deserves a Socceroos recall. He does. He, well, it's all up to him, really. It's in his hands. It's if he wants to come back to the fold. I don't think anybody would not welcome him, welcome him back. Yeah. I mean, I mean he's know. starting week in, week out for a team that's fighting for promotion in the championship, mm. I mean, surely, on that basis alone, he should be amongst the soccer who's set up. I would have thought so. I would have I would have thought so. And particularly talk- with Australia playing two games in um, the UK, mm. next international break, surely he has a recall. I'm a bit worried about the goalkeeping stocks. Yeah. Did you see what Matty Ryan, what happened to AZ Alkmaar? In the, I didn't. At the conference league. I missed this. Last week. Yeah. I know. It wasn't good the by the sounds of it. AZ Alkmaar are away to the Bosnian champions, and they're up 3-0 at halftime. Matty Ryan in goals, no problem. They concede four goals. That's not good. It's not good. That is and not they good. Lose, right? And they lose 4-3. And Matty Ryan cops a goal from a free kick at the near post. Mind you, it was a great, I mean, it was a really, really good free kick, but not great either way. Um well, when I say the near post, it's a near post from where the ball's coming. So, you know, the wall yeah. is supposed to do their job, but it was just a really, really good free kick. And it's from wide out too, right? Um, but the whip on it was really good. But then there's shots, a couple of shots from distance and other things that should have, uh, you know, that could have prevented the goals. Obviously, his defense let him down. There's no doubt about it. And momentum does funny things in games. But I think to concede four goals in a... Um, in a competition like that. Against a team where you'd expected to win. win. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Considering they were semi-finalists of said competition last season, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Yep, they were. Uh, yeah. It's not good. not good. It's not good at all. And I think where Matty sits now, his spot is very much up for grabs. I think so. The set up. But, I mean, there's not really too many there that you'd think they're primed and ready to go and take it from him. Maybe if Tommy Glover can get in for a, that, a, a first choice that's at, where at Barra, maybe. Yeah. But he's second choice. Yeah. Aside from that, you're kind of maybe looking domestically. Mm. Like, yep. do you just plumb for Joe Gauchi? You might have to. I mean, look, Tommy Glove has just gone across, right? So, yeah. And he'd be starting keeper wherever he'd be playing. So, here. So, if you're going to go domestically, you, you can definitely go to, to Tommy Glover to, uh, to be a starting keeper. Yeah, that's a fair point. That is a fair point. Um, but, you're right. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm not calling Matty Ryan to be sacked or anything like that. It's just something that's a concern, right? When I saw that, I was thought, okay. Does he get a longer leash because he's captain? I think he does. Should he? No, he shouldn't. <laughs> 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 he 
if you're asking, you know, I mean, you're asking me, I'd say no, but you know, that's just me though. Yeah, I mean, what do you particularly think? with a national, particularly with a national team, I don't think there should be that much special dip in, dispensation given to your captain. Correct. A little bit different for a club side, I think, because they play so often. Mm. It's the crux of the difference. Mm. A national team, the armband can just get passed around, and I think the Socceroos, there's a fair few options in there for people who could take the armband. I think. Mm, Agree. Who, who would you suggest as your first option? Maybe Jackson Irvine. Yeah, look, <clears throat> at this point, yes, I, w- I would say that. Um, who else would there be? So, uh, look, I'm sure there are people with leadership qualities there, but would you say Beige? I did think of Beige at one point. Yeah, look, I, I, I think that's a great shout, actually. Probably would be more if he was still playing. Yes, yes, yep, uh, that's true. Yeah, I'd probably go Beige. But yeah, uh, Graham Arnold has a few things to sort out before his uh, Asian Cup campaign in January. Indeed, not Indeed. long now. No, God, that's, you know, best part of four months away. Time is flying. And look, flying. if the uh, the form of the Australians around Europe is continuing, then hey, all the better for us. And uh, Ryan Strain got on the score sheet. Yeah, for, I noticed, yeah. For St. Mirren, is yeah. that? Yeah, it's very interesting. Very interesting. And it's good to see. It's good to see. We just need to get um, a few more players, the male players in particular, playing over uh, in Europe and that side of the world and, and playing it as a higher league as possible, whilst the women seem to be um, doing quite well. And there's a lot of women playing in the WSL coming up. Yeah, it starts this weekend. Yes, it does. And uh, if we got some um, post conflict at the Tottenham men's team, I don't know what the equivalent is for the Arsenal women's team, but... Jeez, oh, I'll tell you. I... Catley, Ford, Cooney Cross. Yeah, that's a tough one. As mm. a Newcastle United supporter, trying to you know <laughs> brainwash my daughter into <laughs> you know, Newcastle United, yeah, it, it, look, it, it's it's hard not to have a soft spot for Arsenal, the women's team, and see you know hopefully uh, they do well. But likewise, I mean you know Chelsea with Sam Kerr, and you know it's yeah going to be um, going to be an interesting season, and, and looking forward to it actually. Looking forward to watching that. Les, I'm asking for a friend. Okay, here we go. Is it okay to support a different men's team and women's team in the UK? Oh, I think you're just asking to see if we can get a debate going, and, and I'm up for it. <laughs> I'm happy. To, I'm happy to shit stir and just go with it. No, it's not okay, Nathan. Because <laughs> I just said I'm trying to stop my daughter from doing it. <laughs> so you can tell your friend or you um, that it's not okay. <laughs> Which team are you thinking of con- of going for, Arsenal? I mean, it, it's Arsenal, yeah. I mean... Yeah. How do you feel about that being a Man U supporter? Oh, yeah, no. I'm, I'm only, like, tongue-in-cheek right, asking okay. the question. Sure. But uh, Manchester United's women's team is a complete basket case and always has been since it got reinstated. Well, not really. I mean, they had a good season last season. Yes, and now Onabatier's left. Alessio Russo's okay, left. Yes. yes, that's true. And they've signed uh, Gaius... From Barcelona, also a decent pickup. They've got some decent stocks coming through, but again, it goes back to the owners. Yeah, of course. And <laughs> the Glazers. Oh, yes, they make an appearance every bloody <laughs> week. We just listen, can we just get Laurie Whitwell on, right? I'll yeah. reach out to Laurie. Let's yeah. just get this menu thing fleshed out and sorted out so we can move on because of you know the problem is we can't move on because of, oh, nothing ever happens and more well, shit happens. You know. Now this episode has just gone e again. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> but um, I, look, I get your frustration with regards to the Glazers, right? 
Okay. Or, you know, what will it take for Gary Neville to just go and run it? Somebody with cash has got to back him and go, you know, and he can just I turn used around. To think- he could just turn around and say, this is Manchester United, <laughs> right? Every time, right? Just so he can, <laughs> so he can get his rocks off as well. It's just to have him, Rio Ferdinand, Paul Scholes, anyone else that wants to associate themselves that's, uh, you know, Roy Keane even, just get Keane, Roy Keane yep. on there, right? And just- well, it's a class of 92 at Salford. Right. Got both Neville's, Scholes, Buff, Beckham, and... Oh, sc- uh, listen, Beckham is there in name only. Yeah. Is right? is uh, you know... He's involved with Miami. He's not leaving Miami anytime soon. And there's a multi-club ownership angle you can look at there. Mm, not really. Not really. I would be, I would suggest that if the, they all had an ownership stake in into Miami. I mean, look, Beckham sacked his mate, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, his mate might we be a decent laugh. administrator, but he's not a good manager. <laughs> we shouldn't laugh about that. But yeah, yeah. Um, but nonetheless, yeah, I don't think that qualifies under multi-club ownership. No, you no. Like, you know, no. by your definition. Speaking of which, I have reached out to the Triple Seven Group, and I am waiting a response so people just are aware because I think it would be fascinating to get them on to actually speak to them about their perspective of multi-club ownership versus Nathan's perspective of multi-club <laughs> ownership. Right? And let's just leave the sorted stuff to the side. And you know, like I'm happy to exploit it if we ne- or explore that if we need to, not exploit mm. it, but explore it. And they're the ones doing the exploiting. No, I'm, right. I have to say that. <laughs> now we no chance. No, but I think, <laughs> but I think um, what we need to do is have this discussion with a multi-club owner and say, hey, yeah. what's your perspective? Tell us what, what it is that you're doing. And, and in particular, taking on a club of ever, the size of Everton, should that get through, mm. you know. But there was an interesting piss take during the week that <laughs> featured on Talk Sport. <laughs> <laughs> Which I did send to you, and you're going, "No, this can't be real." Yeah, I mean, because I only and it I didn't real. get a chance to um, <laughs> click it and watch it when you sent it to me. So I sent you back. Surely this is a wind up, <laughs> and it was. But we should say that you know, um, and the reason why we're talking about it is because we mentioned Everton. So um, there was a piss take taken on Talksport recently with regards to a comedian and a character that that they have uh, who you know purports to be a rich. Uh, Billionaire and uh, was talking about uh, combining Liverpool and Everton together, <laughs> <laughs> and the jersey would be half red, half blue, and all that kind of stuff. So it was quite funny. So a palace kit, correct? Absolutely, yes, very funny, yeah, correct. very a funny. Palace, a palace kit, that's right. Mm. <laughs> very funny indeed. Yes, uh, it's uh, a good bit. I mean, maybe they might rehash it for uh, some of the other big derbies around the UK every now and then. Correct, correct, correct. But there you go. There you go. But um, yeah, no. Look, it's been crazy. Speaking of uh, kits again, Melbourne Victory, mm. nice pink away kit, as very well. nice, very, very nice. nice, nice pale pink. Mm-hmm. Not usually they go. They love their high vis vest inspired away kits. Do you think that's a Miami influence and the triple seven? No, triple seven influence. I don't think so. I think it's a Bonza influence. Okay, mm. fair enough. Because Bonza, what they're purple in color. Mm-hmm. But purple will be too similar to navy blue for the home shirt. So, what's the next best thing? Pink, I suppose. Yeah, but look, that's fair enough. Whether it is corporate inspired or not, whether it is into Miami inspired or not, doesn't take away from that. It's a, it's a very beautiful kit, and I think it's up there with some of the best ever in Australian football. Hard to disagree with you. Hard to disagree with you there. I'd mm. like to, but I can't right now. I'm sure we'll find something there. Because this is the time of year where all the clubs' kits are coming out. They're either getting. Uh, leaked in Rebel Sport or uh, 
they're on the the new game of FIFA. That's usually one that uh, brings out a couple. Correct. But uh, there's still a couple of clubs that haven't made any sort of announcements or any indications of a new season kit whatsoever. Mm. Notably MacArthur. With regards to Mm. the A-League in particular. Yeah, notably MacArthur. There's no (laughs) sign of a new kit as of yet. And they did put out their AFC Cup kit, the the black and grey one, Uh which looks all right, I suppose. But uh, yeah, there's a few kicking around that are are yet to reveal anything at all. So uh, the sooner the better. Chop, chop. Fair enough. While we're on Australian football, Laz? Yes. There's a new boss in town. Where? Ah, yes, at Central Coast. I was talking more about the APL. Ah, well, hang on. Yes, you're talking about a chair. I don't know if it's mm. a new boss. Yeah, yeah. It's the chair, chairman of the yeah. board. But it's chairman, a, of, chairman of the board. One of, I mean, one of huge political influence, though. Yes. And hopefully, which um, is a positive move. And we're talking about the former senator, former Victorian senator, Stephen Conroy, and telecommunications minister. Jeez, oh, sound like I know my politics, but I've just, just read mm. that. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know that. <laughs> I just read that. I used to know it, but nah. Mm. Um, but yes, um, oh, look, there's, you know, no doubt that someone of, who is a former minister, you know, minister of the crown is, um, and the former senator would have plenty of governance experience and hopefully, um, will help the APL be able to achieve what it wishes to achieve. And perhaps there'd be potential for uh, some extra lobbying for some funding because That's I'm sure one- Stephen Conroy yeah. has a, a few people in his address book. Correct. And that's the one positive aspect of it. So for those who don't know, uh, Mr. Conroy, he is a, uh, he was born in England, but obviously came out as a youngster and as is a football tragic, loves Chelsea as well. So he's obviously a... I mean, some things can't be helped. That's right. And that is tragic in itself. <laughs> uh, but um, given Chelsea's current predicament, but um, yes, uh, look, uh, look, I hope, hopefully it's a good appointment. Um, you know, looks like it'll, uh, looks like it's been well received thus far. So... Let's see how it all goes. Does it need to be a good employment? Like, as in, not maybe not quite make or break, but just the way the APL and the A-Leagues are currently and how it's currently sitting with the broadcast and the feeling from the supporters towards the board. Mm-hmm. I think this move has to work out, doesn't it? I believe it. Yes, sure, it does. And I believe it will. Let's just see how well it is received in, in um, governance circles and um, likewise, you know, by... Um, you know, the broadcast partners or potential broadcast partners. Either way, I just think that um, it's a good appointment because it's someone that, yes, is aware of the game, loves the game, but has been outside of the game. Mm. Yeah, I can agree with that. And uh, what we can also probably agree on is that there's no shortage of work to be done. Oh, that's true. There's no shortage of work that needs to be done. Um, you won't be bored in the role, that's for no. sure. And look, do you think that things are moving too slow at the moment or we're just waiting for I... the season to kick off? Oh, this... Long preseason is crazy. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's ridiculous. And I think the easiest solution is just the waiting game with expansion clubs. You bring in, you move from 12 to 14. That's another round of games. Mm-hmm. We go up to 16, and then you're getting to something akin to a full football calendar. That's correct. And that makes a lot of sense. I think the season also starts too late. I agree. I know, I know we want to get out of the air of the other codes and let them have their finals and dominate the media landscape i get that that's the perspective and that's the desire i don't agree with it i don't agree with it either because you're not the media doesn't fo- care about it anyway you know in but yeah the, the football the, the media doesn't give football 
the fair crack of the whip anyway. So just go ahead and run your own course. And I think I've seen some suggestions kicking this week, and I don't mind it, is that the early season should start in the week that the AFL has off before they start their final series. Yeah, correct. Why not? End of regular season, they have a week off before they start their finals. Yep. Why not stick the first round of the early right in there? I agree with you. And the only hiccup would be that September international window. So you'd play one or two rounds and then depart, which is not great. But you'd have a real chance there to nip in there, play some big games, stick on the Melbourne derby, the Sydney derby in the same weekend. Yep. Maybe. Like a one-week dive in, two-footed, into that that little window of opportunity there. I'm sure. You get your foot in the door and away you go. Because, as we say, football is always going to be second fiddle to the AFL and the NRL in their respective uh-huh. markets. So why is it such a strong desire to get out of their way entirely, just go about our own way? And people who watch the A-League, people who want to watch Australian football, will watch it and yeah, just go for it, really. Particularly as well, because during the finals, there's no games on Sundays in the NRL. Yeah, they play all right. their finals games on Friday and Saturday night. Yeah, correct. So just stuck the games on Sunday. Where you go? There is air. I agree with you. So, yeah, we need more rounds, more games, and start the season early because we're coming off this Women's World Cup, and sure, it's great that there's a massive uptick in memberships, but this lull, it has to be a lull because there's been no football in this country, aside from the Australia Cup and the end of the NPL, but I think by and large, from the end of the Women's World Cup to the start of the A-League, there's not a whole lot to uh, talk about and cover. So we need to shorten the off-season. Agree with you. Agree with you. Totally agree with you. Now there is a vicious rumor, vicious rumor that oh, I have come across today, which is not great. But um, the rumor is that there have only been five clubs for the NSD that have actually stumped up money thus far, and that's why there's a delay with regards to Football Australia making an announcement regarding the NSD, which would seem mm. to indicate that it looks like the Champions League um, model is going to be the one that looks like will be going forward with yeah i mean i'd rather it be home and away round robin like the a-league course it's a better format uh-huh. but to hear that only five clubs have stumped up the money well and... yeah i mean it's yeah it's just a, an, a rumor that somebody you know flicked to me and i'm like look i don't know if it's real or not but if it is real it's not a good sign it is yeah, correct and i what we're talking about national state division slight um slightly off topic that i am disappointed to see the Sutherland Sharks, Cronulla Sharks joint venture fall by the wayside. Yep, yep. That was probably up there with the most exciting teams that could come into the competition. And do yeah, I don't know do how... know why that fell over? No, it seemed... Ever since they announced it was a thing, well, it was it was included on the, on the big list Correct. back a few months ago. Correct. And there wasn't much of a statement or anything like that at the time. No. And now that it's uh, fizzled out, there's no coverage at all. And it seems to be a little bit of a footnote. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah. And I don't know why it's happened. Maybe we can try and find out. We can get someone from the Southern Sharks on. <clears throat> Maybe, yeah. Maybe we can try um, and do that. But I don't... I have doubts over how successful the NSD will turn out to be. If that what rumour, what you're saying, it turns out to be correct. If it is correct, it may not be. But if it is, then it does raise, raise significant concerns. Because oh. it was always going to be the case of why is the, the national second division different to the NPL? What's the what's the difference? Uh, is it just a rebrand? That's the main question for mine. Oh. And where does the financials come from? They're the two big ones. Yeah, agree. If maybe. we're sticking with a Champions League format and there's rumours of not too many clubs flush with money, then both questions remain in the uh, the leading negative answer. Yep, I agree with you. 
agree with you. Can't can't disagree with you. Right. And I think what kind of exacerbates this is that football New South Wales, I don't know about other states, but football New South Wales have just released their declaration of leagues and all those NPL clubs that had applied are appearing on this declaration of leagues. So the next season. The next season. So Yeah, I I think twenty twenty four start date is dead in the yep. water. It has to be. Correct. So one thing about the local MPL scene as well, something that is quite humorous, sad, but very, but humorous. Um, Bankstown City Lions, if you're not familiar with them, see if you can actually get on their Facebook page and see this, the player signings that they announce. And all these players are sitting in front of them. So they're being, having their photo taken and they're signing or supposed to be signing a blank document with a, on a Bankstown, a, Bankstown, a Bankstown City Lions letterhead, right? And they're all sitting there. Uh, and none of them look impressed with it, but it just seems to be something that's all on their Facebook page as they're announcing player signings. So it's quite hilarious, to say the least. <clears throat> but well done, Bankstown City Lions. Funny but sad, but funny. Yeah. I mean, yeah, funny. Funny. <laughs> Les, how familiar are you with Pitch Invaders? I've never been one. Mm-hmm. I have seen them. Can't say I know any personally. What about Pitch Invaders of the four-legged kind? Uh I have been exposed to that before, yes. Did you Especially see it this morning? <laughs> no, I, didn't. I haven't seen this morning. What happened this morning? This is in the Mexican Expansion League. Something about Mexico, isn't there? It's great value for entertainment. Yeah. Referees punching in the nuts. Yes, and uh, hopperwadis. Oh, no, don't go there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, yes, just we talked about that a month to, ago. Yes, just to bring a bit more <laughs> credibility to it, though. Yeah, but, you know. Favourite with all the chids is there as well. Yes. Thanks for tickets. Um, but earlier today, oh. there was a pitch invader of the four-legged kind. A dog found its way on the pitch. Right. And in true doggo fashion, it ran over and picked up the ball uh-huh. and carried the ball for a rock-solid 90 seconds to two minutes. Right. And all the players were chasing after the dog, trying to get it as security guards. Weren't there other and... balls on, like, <laughs> you know, other match balls around? <laughs> Apparently not. They were just trying to wow. chase the dog down. Okay. And, I mean, I'm expecting to see some sort of edit with the uh, the Ankara Messi commentator right. over the top of it because the dog just it changes direction. It evades the tackles. <laughs> dear, oh, dear. Uh, eventually, it runs into a, a bit of a cul-de-sac. Okay. And it gets cornered by some players. But, uh, Fair yes. enough. Sounds like... Fant- fantastic. Sounds like fifth division <laughs> Greece. <laughs> with goats coming onto the pitch and all that kind of stuff. But there you go. Mm, I'll forward you the video. You can put it up on the social if you like. <laughs> yes, that'd be funny. <laughs> that would Absolutely be funny. fantastic. But what caught your eye, Nathan, aside from Chelsea? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I kind of yeah. want to talk about Dutch football this week. Let's go Dutch football. Let's go Dutch. And Ajax. What is going on there? It is a complete shambles. That a that complete could... shambles. So in the space of two seasons, that club's just gone mm. shit. Yes, since Ten Hag's left, really. Yes. Omar's left. And yes, now, obviously, um, uh, Van der Sar has had his issues and health-wise and has left. Mm-hmm. But, and we wish him all the best in his yes. recovery from his um, surgery and health what, problems. What the but, hell is going on at Ajax, oh, Amsterdam? It's a disaster. And you say since Ten Hag left, since Overmars has left, I think, is the real crux of their change in fortune because out goes... And look, he had to go. What he was doing in the office, which was um, harassing some of his colleagues, Uh had to go. Not on. Sure. But what you lose as well is, I think, a fantastic football operator. Uh And particularly with how Ajax used to operate, 
someone who did a lot of the work himself. It wasn't a process. There sure. wasn't sure. stringent scouting or uh, data networks or whatever. It was very much one man with his WhatsApp and chasing up agents and clubs, and it was working. And we saw Ajax go through to a James League semi-final uh-huh. based off the work that he and Ten Hag did. Correct. Now, it's just chop and change and poor managerial appointment after poor managerial appointment, poor recruitment, and you got was Van Mullenstart, the German arrived back in May, and he's been sacked this week uh-huh. because there's been claims that he's overpaid for one of his former players at another club and ties to his agency. Okay. That's complete mess. Sure. And that's all the stuff upstairs at the club, but we should also mention what's going on in the grandstands. I'm sure you saw some the story coming out of the Ajax final game on the weekend. Saw something which wasn't uh, very tasteful. No, the Classica, uh-huh. the biggest game in Dutch football. Mm-hmm. And because, well, I think since COVID, everyone's lost their minds. <laughs> and you see so much crowd trouble in Holland now, particularly all the time. Why, why Holland? I don't know. I don't know why it's Holland, but so it, just it, defined by nature, I think. No, yeah, sure. Okay. Great to be defined. I mean, you know, Greeks consider themselves to be defined as well. But I mean, and look, you know, I would have thought, though, that the Dutch are probably a bit more civilized than the Mediterranean followers of football. Evidently right. not. And in the last couple of years, there's been a real influx of people throwing things from the stands, be it mm. cups or bottles or whatever else. Mm. And the Dutch FA came up with a clever plan, Laz. And what was uh, that, then? I say that sarcastically. It's yes. that anytime there's either a racist chant or something gets thrown from the stands, all the players go back into their dressing rooms and the match gets suspended. And they come out again a certain amount of time later on. If it happens again, the match gets called off and to be resumed a couple of days later. Yep. I think it's got to the point where someone on the FA board was just like, enough of this, mm-hmm. need to be hardline with it. But what it's generated mm-hmm. is a system where, let's say, for instance, you're a supporter of a big club in Holland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ajax, let's I- go with Ajax. Sure, Ajax, yep. Your team are not having a very good season. So you and in the biggest game of the season, they're not having a very good game. They're 2-0 down inside half an hour. So you throw something from the stands. Get the game called off, come back two days later, and maybe fortunes have changed. Right. But it's a clo- it's a closed play behind closed doors, obviously. Yes, and but the point is, it's a different game. Maybe right. things so that happened resumed. in the two days. So the, so the game's not it, resumed. No, no, no. It's a new game. Yeah, it is resumed. Oh, it it's is resumed, resumed, but it's right. it's a new day. Sure. Things change. Of yeah, of course. And maybe there's a change in fortunes. Correct. And you're seeing it more and more now, and it's a joke. It's pathetic. And this system designed to stamp out crowd behavior has only created an incentive to be more disruptive. uncivilized. Yeah. Yeah. Disruptive. And the way I see it, the only way to stamp it out properly now is to put nets on. Well, you're going to have to. Yeah. Which they have in Germany as well. And, uh, you know, in Greece and, and other part, you know, parts around uh, Europe. But correct me if I'm wrong, the German nets are only behind the goals. Behind the goals? Well, that end of the ground. And, yeah. Well, behind the goals and, oh, yeah, you know, basically. But you don't see nets on the long side of the pitch. No, like maybe in the corner. Like, say, you know, yeah. just past the corner. Generally, you don't. But I think we're getting to the point now in, in Holland that, that there needs the, to be a, a nets around the entire length of the pitch. Wow. Because it's not coming just from the away ends. Oh, crazy. sorry. It's not coming from the, the short ends of the pitch. That's crazy. That's a yeah. crazy situation. Yeah. And we know the story from back in April, May, between Alkmaar and West Ham. Yep, correct. Between the supporters. It's just a complete disaster, Dutch football, in terms of their governance and what they're doing with unruly fan behavior. 
Mm, Seems that way. That's very sad. Yeah. Very sad. And they are able to hand out punishments to those who do throw things. They are able to ban people, but it doesn't stop anyone from doing it themselves. That's not good. It's that's not a significant enough deterrent. Mm, that's very that's very unfortunate. Mm. Sad. Sad. And look, it is. it's a big it's a big challenge for the administrators to face, both of the Dutch FA, but also the clubs. The clubs have got to do something and they've got to sanction the clubs in a way. They do but I, points. Um you know I think the clubs have gotten to points gotten or they're getting to the point that uh, they're starting to give up on crowd behaviour. Yeah, but... And some of the active groups at some of the clubs have some links to some questionable groups themselves yes, away from football. So I can, um, yes. I can imagine that. Yes. And then you've got in getting into a real power struggle. So, look, what do they do? I think you've got to put nets up around the entire pitch. They'll deal with the people throwing shit. But that's all that does. Yeah. It doesn't stop any violence on the stands. No. You know, that's a real shame. That's a real shame. And it's... That's before my time when I was watching football, but I imagine it's getting to the point now where English hooliganism was at yeah, decades it ago. Good. It wasn't good. Mm. <clears throat> it was not good in the 80s. Yeah, it wasn't good from what I've, from what I've read and what I recall. I mean, I recall um, Liverpool, like uh, Roma versus Liverpool Champions Cup final back then. And um, was it Juventus and Liverpool? No, it was Roma. And um, yeah, there was uh, trouble in the, in, you know, in the stands, and that's what obviously led to the you know English clubs being banned for five years. Mm. You know, so um, you know, and and that was a dark period for for English football as well. And then as they're coming out of it, Hillsborough happens. Yeah, you know, so yeah, yeah, the eighties was not a great decade uh, in English clubland, unfortunately. And uh, it's not a great thing to say that maybe Dutch football's headed for a similar sort of issue, and. Punishments like bending clubs from competition or major disasters in the stands are not far away. Yeah. Oh, well, that's sad. That's It is a bit of a downer. It is. And there's an Australian angle I can uh, reference here as well. That's uh, the story that came out today that Melbourne Rectangular Stadium, also known as Amy Park and affectionately known as Swan Street, which I think should be the name of the stadium, Mm -hmm. um, they're doing facial recognition software at the games this season for the Melbourne clubs. Okay. Interesting. Mm. Uh, look, I mean, oh, look. Does it concern you? From I, I'm really not that bothered by it, to be honest. I mean, yes, it's a civil civil liberty issue. I get it, but I'm not going to be the one that throws a flare or causes a scene. So you know, I think because you're the one who's not going to throw a flare or cause a scene, there should be a little bit more worry about it because your face is being tracked. And yeah, that, that, that's what I mean. There are civil liberty yeah. issues around that. Right, but Nathan, for all I know, mate, they could uh, they could have uh, you know, facial recognition devices all around Australia. I wouldn't even know about it. Maybe I'd be a I mean, to... you're being recorded every time you go to Woolies and Coles now. Correct. So you know, <laughs> when you're when you're mm. actually you know, when you're actually you know doing the yourself you know the self serve checkout as well. Yeah, which you try and avoid, but sometimes you got to do it. Um, you know, your uh, image is being captured then as well. Mm-hmm. So. Uh... Yeah. yeah, from front view and top down as well. They have two cameras. Correct, correct. And so they're it's watching great. everything, every piece of item that you've got yeah. in your basket. It's you're keeping the, a track of it. The mm. way of the world, unfortunately. The yeah. way of the world. But, and there is concerns over what they do with that information. Yeah, but I think, unfortunately, given the the instance of what happened at the Melbourne Derby last year, <laughs> what leg do people have to stand on? Yeah. 
play stupid games, win stupid prizes. <laughs> well said. It's also unfortunate. known as fuck around and find out. I've never heard it called that, but okay, let's. That's fine. If that works for you, that's fine. <laughs> well, we're in the find out stage now. Well, yeah, and mm. you know, and look, I get it. If you if you're a stadium administrator, you just want to ensure. And the reason why you're deploying it, yes, there's those aspects to it that you've done, but that you've said. But people that have been banned from stadiums, right, trying to re-enter or trying to enter during whilst you know they're banned, they need to be stamped out. As far as that's concerned, right. So if that's the most effective way of actually doing it, well, then... It's not, though. Okay, so hang on. But gone are the days where you actually have now, like, images of people that are coming up to the gates of the gates to try and get in, <laughs> right? Those days are gone. So what Those do days are gone. It? So what do you do about it? I think what they do in the UK for some clubs and some people is that every time there's a match on, they have to report to a police station. Let me think about that for a second. Yes, it's a it's a big burden to ask for someone every single weekend. It's a big burden for the police service as well. That it is. Mm. So I bucket don't man, think that's the fix. As he's been known. Sorry. Bucket man. Bucket as man. He's been known. Is he a Millwall supporter? Is he? I don't know. The the guy who threw the bucket in the Melbourne Oh Derby. right. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Go on. Dickhead. Dickhead um, number one. Yes. Yeah. In two years' time, mm. he'd still be banned from going to A League matches. Did he not cop a lifetime one? Oh, he may have got... Yeah, well, that's the the point. If he got the lifetime ban, he'd be past whatever sentencing he would have got. I think he got some jail time. Right. Don't know. Um, But whenever Melbourne Victory play, he has to go and check in with someone to ensure that he's not on the ground. Just put a collar on him then, or a bracelet on him, ankle bracelet, so we know he's every move, every time of the day. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't that be cheaper than installing facial recognition cameras? It would be. And save the police from having to, you know, having to deal with him. So at least you know where that person is. I guess. You can't go. It's like a restraining order. You can't go in 500 metres of Correct. Amy Park. That's it. As soon as you do, <laughs> your, your bracelet, your ankle bracelet just zaps you and, you, you know, <laughs> give it a taser quality and then you see if he goes in or not. Or am I a bit sadistic and a bit mean? A little bit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe you shouldn't have thrown the, the bucket, the dickhead. Seriously. <laughs> Once again, play stupid games when stupid prizes. Exactly right, like you said, and yep. we had said previously. But yeah, I mean, that's the that's the consequences, right? But I'd rather something like that. It was extreme as it may be, <laughs> with a bit of a volt charge, you know. But I'd rather something like that than actually having to waste, you know, resources on uh, on law-abiding citizens. Like you know, it's like what's you know, and on police for that matter. Yeah. Imagine now every Tom, Dick, and Harry having to go in and report on uh, a Saturday afternoon at three o'clock or whatever it was, right? Because Melbourne Victory are playing. Well, you know, you go to your local cop shop and go, okay, three o'clock, I'm reporting. I mean, mm, come on. Yeah. You know, even if it only takes like a minute. Tracking, like, you know, just have a something that a tracker or something. Mm. I know that's a bit extreme, but at least that way, you know, I'm trying to add a bit of color to the argument, though. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I already did that. <laughs> no, exactly. Well, you, you did, uh, you know. Uh, no, the point is, right, there's got to be a better solution. Yeah. Right. And one that doesn't waste, you know, government resources or to that effect or, you know, the police resources to that effect. Yeah. I mean, the Amy Park is owned yeah. by the state government still. Correct. And we are talking so, about, you know, uh, Victoria here. So mm-hmm. they, they tend to be a bit more... Um, if you go off their COVID track, you know, they, they were a bit harder on civil liberties. Yes. I think yes. that's fair to say. I think that would be fair to say. Right. <laughs> Love you, Victorians. Mm. Les, what else caught your eye this week? 
Um, oh, I did have something. Let me see if I can find it, actually. I did have something, now that you mention it. Mm-hmm. But um, look, I'm happy to talk about Chelsea if you want to talk about Chelsea right now. Let's do it. Whilst I, do, whilst I find this, because I think that <sighs> this is just absolutely nuts. Chelsea, it's happening again. Surely Poch doesn't get the sack. I've seen this movie before, Laz. What I'm referring to is the story that after the Villa game, one oh. certain American went into the dressing room and... Do what, though? I don't know. Blame best the players? For what? Performance? They don't even fucking know each other. What you seen? I'd be just trying to find out their names. Yeah. Like these Chelsea players are on decent pay packets. And yeah. Like most of them are on 100000 a week for eight years, so works out roughly a £40 million contract pre-tax. Uh, do you think they're going to listen to an American who's never kicked the football in his life? Listen, okay. I get it. The owners have got every right to, you know, it is their shop, right? And they, you know, basically they're the paymaster. And if they wish to part their opinion on, um, you know, on what's going on, well, then they're entitled to do so, I guess. However, you appoint a manager to actually do that for you, right? And I guess what what makes it worse is that Pochettino was actually given money in the summer. As I say, I've seen this film before. Top by the word in the dressing room. Sometime in the last 12 months when Graham Potter was in the dugout to do the exact same thing, there will come a point where they turn their eye to the manager. And I don't think Pochettino deserves to be sacked, but are you asking me if I can see it happen before the end of the season? I absolutely can. So can I, which is really, really sad, actually. Yeah. It's very sad. And where on earth do they turn to? Well, okay. Who would actually take on the job after this? Yeah. Someone who wants an easy payday. Okay. Well, can I put my hand That's up? That's it. Yeah. You know, like I'll, I'll put my hand up and just go for it. All I need to do is coach them for six weeks. Maybe not even that. <laughs> Maybe not even that. Yeah, that is, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy that this is where we're at with Chelsea. They went through managers like No Tomorrow under Abramovich, but at least under Abramovich, A, they were successful and they had a decent, coherent plan beyond each specific manager. There was a, a decent run through there and some continuity. Now it's just shambolic and left foot doesn't know what right foot's doing. It's just a complete joke. There's no structure. There's no strategy. It is scattergun. Throw something at a wall and see what sticks. That is the sort of rhetoric we use with Chelsea. You're right there, Nathan. I don't know where they go because, I mean, Todd Bowley's still playing football manager. You're right. I can't argue with you. You're absolutely right. It's, it's, it's bizarre. It really is bizarre. And it's sad to see a club like that be, you know, it's the laughing. It's the laughing stock of the league. It really is. And I don't know how Poch gets out of this aside from being sacked, which I can see happening now. The longer this goes, the quicker it's going to come to an end. You know, ironically, because you can't. If you look at their matches coming up as well, it's it's not great. They've only got. I like mean, three games that are maybe winnable now, and then like the immediate is Fulham, Burnley, yeah. Arsenal, and Brentford. Well, they should be looking at picking up three wins. And Manchester City come next. Newcastle come after that. And I think there's, yeah. a, I think there's a... Yeah. Yeah, like after that run I initially read out, and Man there's this run of too, Spurs, City, Newcastle, go. Brighton, and Man United. Yep, there you go. I Spurs, mean, I'm expecting you to Spurs, say... Hang on. Spurs, City, Newcastle, Brighton, and Man U. Yep, I mean, Man U, you, I'm expecting you to say, well, there's three points for Chelsea. Well, blah, 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 blah. No, I'm not prepared to say that yet. <laughs> I'll wait. I'll hold fire on that one. But it's, yeah, 
that does not seem like a very good run. So the next, no. so actually they've got Arsenal, Spurs. Given what you've told me, Arsenal, Spurs, City, Newcastle, Brighton. No, no, no. Arsenal, Brentford, Spurs. Arsenal, Brentford, Spurs. Right. Okay. But this next four games: Fulham, Burnley, Arsenal, Brentford. If Chelsea don't pick up seven points, they have yeah. to win a game sooner or later. But I guess they beat Brighton in the cup. But that's the cup in the league. It's Correct. been horrific. Correct. It's not great. And what they finished last season, 12? Something like that? Something like that. They're playing like it again this season. Well, they are. Well, they're worse. They're 14th at the moment. Yeah, they are. They are. Yep. <laughs> and no, are. we both thought coming into the season that Chelsea can't be as bad this season as last. Mm. And surely they're somewhere in the top nine. More likely somewhere between at, third and ninth. As a club? No, as just as based on where they would finish this season. Oh, no, I had them finishing in the top nine. Yeah, I think everyone would have. Mm. I don't think but I they haven't them, improved. I don't think I had them finishing in the top five, though. Oh, no. No, I'm not saying that. Definitely in the bottom half of the nine. But I saw some people saying Chelsea might go second or third this season. Ridiculous. Yeah. On what basis? Potch. Oh, yeah, but come on. Okay, listen, this is, a, like I said, he needs two seasons, but he's not going to get it. He's not going to get it. He needs two seasons to clear this. It's, it's an impossible job right now. And it doesn't help they keep picking up injuries. No, that has cost them. That but has Reece cost James... Them. Looks like he might be picking up another ban for a suspension because he was abusive towards a match official. That's come out in the last 24 hours. And Chilwell's picked up an injury from this morning. They, it just they, keeps growing for them. Yeah, they've picked up a lot. Yeah, they've picked up injuries. Yeah, suspensions are something that they don't need, that's for sure. And Nick Jackson's got a yellow card ban already. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's only been six games. <laughs> uh, bizarre. Absolutely. I think four out of the five he picked up were for dissent as well. Ridiculous. Absolutely mm-hmm. ridiculous. It's, yeah, absolutely bizarre. Modric looks like a waste of money. How do you I mean, he's got that? Look, he's got how, seven how... years to come good. Yes, he does. Look, <laughs> okay, Chelsea primarily, I would say, have got one of the youngest squads in the league. Okay, so Poch likes working with young players, and that was probably part of the appeal for him to go. I think they need to stick with him, though. They really do. Yeah, I mean, logic would say that. Yeah, um, and their run of games does not look very good. Fulham is a derby. Who's the, who is before Arsenal? Burnley. Uh, yes, Burnley. Surely, three points. So that's the one that's winnable. So yep. conceivably, they could only win one game. Okay, then, so Fulham is a derby. Burnley, three. let's say three points. Arsenal, zero. There's another West London derby. And then you've got Spurs, City, Newcastle. Brighton and Brighton United. And so they don't pick up another three points till they play Man U. <laughs> Um, I was waiting for it. There it yeah, is. Yeah, no, no. So, <laughs> uh, I thought I'd do it now because you, yeah. you you did kind of hint at it, but yeah, um, I did. But I'll tell you what, Nathan. Um, what picked you know what did garner my attention as well during the week? I actually had a chance to catch up as we discussed with Matty Ryan before with the Europa Conference League, and I'll tell you what, the quality of some of the goals in that competition absolutely bananas. Absolutely, I will bananas. say hands up. I'm not. A, I didn't catch. Europa Conference League. Yeah, last oh, Friday. I just watched the goals. I didn't watch any games. Mm. I did watch uh, the highlights of Pal- of Balk play, um, and uh, and Villa because I was curious to see why Villa lost. But uh, yeah, um, some cracking games, and I happened to see Maccabi Tel Aviv win as well, who are under the tutelage of Robbie Keane, and they did play against friend of the pod Michael Valkanis's Hapoel Tel Aviv a couple of days ago in the Tel Aviv derby, and unfortunately it didn't go great for Michael. No, and I saw there was some crowd trouble as yes. well. Yeah. To reference the previous topic. Yes. Uh yes. Not great. Not great. But um but 
having spoken to a Israeli friend of mine, he um, did say that, um, look, the budget that Maccabi Tel Aviv have versus Hapoel Tel Aviv, night and day. So, you know, and he seems to think that Michael is doing a you know, reasonable job with the talent that he has, but um, just Maccabi just blew them off the park. And, you know, it, um, these things happen in derbies. Yeah, that they do. That they do. So, Laz, what are you looking forward to this weekend? Uh, we did say Real Madrid versus Girona, mm-hmm. but um, I am looking forward to, from a purely selfish perspective as well, Newcastle United versus Ben. <laughs> I mean, it might be another six, seven, eight nil. I don't know about that. <laughs> Probably not. But no, I think Newcastle I think, should win three I, or four nil. I think no, I'm not even going to go that far. But I think Company is a, a is a good manager. Um, but I think that um, that Newcastle should win. Should win. They need to win this game. They need to win. I think they do too. But I'm looking forward to Barcelona versus Sevilla as well. Yep, big game. I think that's a big one. And the Basque derby that you mentioned as well. That'll be yes, interesting. So and then Champions League next week. Mm. So we'll you know record after the next too. Champions League um, instalment. Yes. Uh, also this weekend we've got Tottenham Liverpool. Mm, that is a big game, and that's something mm. I'm looking forward to. Yes. Uh, what about the game is uh, Leipzig Bayern. Yeah, that's an interesting one. But I think mm. Bayern are well and truly uh, favourites in that one. Yeah, I mean, but Leipzig seem to be their content, their challenges this season, mm. and they need to get something out of this to have any hope. There's a big game on in Portugal. Benfica Porto. Wolf. Wow. Yep. That's this weekend yep. as well. That's uh, that's this weekend as well. So that all. Uh, and there's no way to watch that. Unfortunately, not in Australia at the moment. Mm. Which is really unfortunate. Back in the day, they used to be on Eurosport on Fox. Correct. Yes. Correct. Mm. That's right. Now, this is going back, what, 10 years? About that. About that. Maybe more? Mm. Yep. No, about that. Yeah, it's unfortunate, though. Really is. Yeah. Um, say that. that we would. What else have we got on this weekend? We have uh, Villa Brighton should be fun. Yeah, I think that will be fun, actually. Yeah, I think that will be fun. Mm. You know, you've got... Um, Two interesting teams there. With a Europa consideration as well. Correct, correct. Lars, have we hit the back peg? Oh, I think we have, Nathan. There's a um, big game on in Greece as well. It's I like, am. It's uh, Panathinaikos and Balk, which uh, will be closely followed as well. Um, but, um, yeah, so, and I think it's later on the, in next month, you've got uh, Olympiakos versus Panathinaikos, the first of those derbies. So that'll uh, be coming up during October. A little bit further down the line. Very good. Very good looking indeed. forward to the Women's Super League as well. Yes. So. Um, Arsenal home to Liverpool and I think Man United playing Villa. Ooh. All on up the sport. Not that they're a sponsor. Not that they're a sponsor, Nathan. <laughs> I think we have hit the back peg. So Yes. Thank you, Laz. Thank you, Nathan. Time to bid everyone farewell and uh, look forward to catching up next week. Have a good week. Enjoy the football. And uh, follow us and feel free to share and like and subscribe and follow us on Instagram and Nathan's favorite platform, X, mm. at the yeah, back peg. Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, at yep. the back, Cheers, at the back everyone. Peg, at the back peg on Instagram and X. <laughs> Cheers, everyone. Speak to you next week.